0: We are in Genesis. We trying to get through chapter 17. It's been taking us a while, um, but it's been good. We uh, I think last week we we got through verse 21. Um, so we only have a little bit left, and maybe we'll jump into 18 today too if we if we get through it all um, fast enough. Uh, but if you remember, we, we're, we're at a point in Abram's, Abraham's life where God is about to fulfill a big promise, right? And so the, there's a the covenant that God has with Abra, Abraham, and that covenant is it's, it's kind of based upon the promise of a son, right? And so there's, there's also the promise of the land, that, that you will inherit the land, um, you and your offspring, um, but, there, but there's got to be offspring, right? And, and we remember that it was Abraham and Sarah concocted their own way of getting offspring through Hagar, and so they were relying on the strength of man to fulfill God's promise, and that from there we got Ishmael um, but Ishmael the promise is not going to go through Ishmael um, and that's what God has been telling Abraham uh, now it's not going to be through Ishmael that the promise is going to come it, it's going to come through another son the son of Sarah your wife and who remembers Abraham's response when he heard the, what's that yeah he laughed right um, and so God is going to name his child Isaac, which means he laughs. Um, and so God is, he's clever that way, right? <laughs> and, uh, every, Isaac, or every time Abraham calls the name of his son, he will be reminded of one, his, his lack of faith, but also of God's kindness towards him. Um, and fulfilling this blessing. And so, you know, we, we left off verse 21 says, But I will establish my covenant with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this time next year. And so we see God is very specific on the timing of this as well. And so it's it's going to be a year from pretty much the date that that God was speaking to him. Um and again, this speaks to God's sovereignty and his foreknowledge. Um, but let's let's read on. Let's read to the end of this chapter. It says, When he had finished talking with them, God went up from Abraham. Then Abraham took Ishmael, his son, and all those born in his house, or bought with his money every male along, uh, among the men of Abraham's house. And he circumcised the flesh of the, their foreskins that very day, As God had said to him, Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, and Ishmael, his son, was 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. That very day, Abraham and his son Ishmael were circumcised, and all the men of his house, those born in the house, those bought with money from a foreigner, were circumcised with him. And this is something else that we talked about earlier in this chapter is this, this sign of the covenant that God had given to them, which is circumcision. And um, if you remember going back, um, when God said this to him back in verse 12, uh, he said, He who is eight, da- eight days old among you shall be circumcised, every male throughout your, ge- your generations, whether born and your house are bought with your money from any foreigner who is not of your offspring. Both he who is born in your house and he who is bought with your money shall surely be circumcised. So shall my covenant be in your flesh an everlasting covenant. Any uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. Um, and so we see the the sign Of the covenant is something that is within the flesh. And it's something that you live with every day um, as a reminder of the covenant. Uh, And so, and those who aren't circumcised, what does God say? You're cut off, right? And so, God leaves, right? Verse 22. God went up from Abraham. What that means, maybe he ascended into heaven just like Jesus did in front of his disciples. I don't know. Um, but he went up from Abraham. He, he left. And what does Abraham do immediately? He circumcises, right? Um, and so, yeah, he's, he's being obedient to... To God's command, and um, he, didn't procrastinate the
1: difficult.
0: he yeah he didn't procrastinate. I don't know how he could convince all these men. There's a lot of men, right? Mm-hmm. Remember when he went to battle? How many fighting men did he bring with him? Mm-hmm. It was over three hundred. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of people getting circumcised, right? Um, 318 318, there we go and these are just the fighting men there might have been youth um, there might have been elderly who maybe weren't of the age of fighting anymore we don't know Um, but there was definitely over 300 um, that were getting circumcised this day and that's got to be a tough ask right I mean, it's, it's surgery, right? It's I don't know how surgery went back three to 4,000 years ago. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I'm sure they put the knives in, in fire, um, heated it up. But, yeah, it's, yeah, and so this is, it's, it's not an easy thing that he's asking of these men. Um, and he's got to convince his son Ishmael as well. Uh, and but, but this is something that they all did. And so you see kind of this, the way that Abraham managed his household, um, he must have had the respect of his men uh, in order for them to do this, uh, and instilled within them the fear of the Lord as well. Um, does that make sense to you guys? I think there's a supernatural um, overpowering that's going on as well.
1: Okay. And, you know, um, in verse 14 of, the, of chapter 18, is anything too hard for the Lord? Mm-hmm. I think the Lord probably, without a doubt, knew what he was asking it was not an easy task. Yeah. So therefore, he doesn't call us to something he doesn't already prepare
0: ahead of
1: time for it to be done. Yeah. So I think it was probably some
0: supernatural peace, mm-hmm. peace and um, submission. Yeah. To, to the will of the Father, as it were. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so, yeah for whatever reason all of the men had this done. And, and they, they were
1: you know, yeah you know,
0: it's a submission. yeah it's a submission they were all faithful to the Lord. Um, and, and God mentions uh, the age of Abraham and the age of Ishmael again. Mm-hmm. Why do you think he does this?
1: Because
0: it's important,
1: yeah. It's a hinge. There's a hinge. There's a yeah. turning that's coming. And it's hinged on what's
0: important. The
1: age yeah. of the man and
0: the, the father and the boy. Yeah. There's a turning coming. Yeah. hinged on these ages. Mm-hmm. And, and it speaks to that that God's people are are of all ages too is right we, we, we see a 99 year old man we see a 13 year old boy and they're they're both part of God's people um, and that, that's the way the church should be right? <laughs> you know, our church is we, we have people who are older we have people who are younger. Um, And yet we're all God's people. We're all one family. Um, There it
1: is,
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And there's a distinguishing mark to the family.
0: There is, yep. Yeah. Yeah, and so we see the sign of the covenant being fulfilled in Abraham and... uh, and then let's, let's do, let, let us jump into chapter 18. Um, we'll see how far we get today. Because uh, then we see the Lord appearing to him again. It says, And the Lord appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre as he sat at the door of his tent in the heat of the day. He lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing in front of him. And Abraham went quickly into the tent of Sarah, tent to Sarah and said, Quick, three seahs of fine flour, knead it and make cakes. And Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf tender and good and gave it to a young man who prepared it quickly. Then he took curds and milk and the calf that he had prepared and set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree while they ate." And so we, we, we see kind of a, a unique thing going on here. Um, we, we had just gotten off of a story where God had spoken to Abraham again. Abraham fulfills the covenant through circumcision. Now we're not exactly sure how much time has passed. I, I'm thinking not very much considering the conversation that will go on. Um, but then, you know, what is what is this going on here? A- Abraham, he's sitting at the door of his tent. It's hot, right? It's a hot day. He lifts up his head, and what does he see?
1: Three men standing in front of him.
0: Three men standing in front of him. What is that all about? Did they just drop there? I don't know. You know, he's probably, you know, he's, I mean, think about it. He's 99 years old. (coughs) He's just kind of sitting out. It's hot. He probably has his head down. Maybe he took a little nap. You know, opens his eyes, looks up. There are three men. What is that all about?
1: Well, I didn't see him coming, that's for sure. He just opened his eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And three of us Go ahead. It refers to him as Lord. Is this a
0: theoph- a theophany? Well, let's let's look at that word, Lord. L O R D, all capitals. What is that? Okay. Anybody remember what that means when we see that in the Old Testament? Yahweh. Yahweh. Yeah. And so that's that's the name of God. Um, and so this is God appearing to him. This is a theophany. Does that make you guys ever heard that term before? Theophany? It is a, an appearance of God in some type of physical manifestation um, that we see. And so now God is appearing to him in the form of three men. Why three? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, perhaps yeah um, it's 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 kind of bizarre it's you know if you don't you know before Christ came, before we had further knowledge of who God is displayed through us through Jesus, this would be very confusing, right um, and maybe not fully understood by Jews, say, 200 years before Christ arrived. Um,
1: you would take it at face value, three
0: men. Yeah, three men, but you know, something's going on there because it's Yahweh who's appearing. Right. And so something is going on. Uh, is this, is one of them Yahweh and maybe two angels? That's another possibility. Um, it, it's it's a little bizarre, um, but what we see going on here is God is approaching him once again. Now, does Abraham know that this is God? He bowed
1: himself to
0: the earth and said, Oh Lord." So, Lord. Lord. So, um, yeah. He now the Lord there in verse three. How is that spelled?
1: Small.
0: Yeah, lowercase. So this is the word Adonai in in the Hebrew. Um which can be used for God, but can also be used for like a king um, you would you would call a king Adonai as well, and so we're we're not exactly sure if Abraham knows this is God or not yet, eventually he will for sure um, but he he may think that he may it may be oh, this is God, or it may be well, here are these. Three guys, wriggly, maybe they're wiggly dressed. I don't know, but he, he definitely rec- recognizes them as his superior, right? And so he's he's bowing himself to the earth, um, and uh, yeah, calling them Adonai. Um, and he recognizes that
1: their being there is. Sign of
0: favor. Yeah, yeah, he says, "O Lord, if I have found favor in your sight, do not pass by your servant. Yeah, yeah. and so he wants them to stay. Yeah. Now this is interesting, why does he want them to stay? Think about what, when it is, and what's going on.
1: Show his faithfulness because the Lord had just asked him to do you know, something significant. Mm-hmm. And, now they're, and so, in other words, not that the Lord doesn't see everything anyway, but maybe in Abraham's mind, it's like, okay, I think be said, you know, so come you know, and <laughs> be witness to what our
0: obedience is Yeah. Yeah, and if, if, if definitely if he understands us to be God, I could see that. Um, if, he, if he's uncertain, w- what other reasons might he want these three men to stay? Sounds like it's the hottest part of the day. Hottest part of the day. Sure that yeah. Were to, you know, they you know if they continued on. Then they yeah, I mean, this was this is how you treated people, right? right. Um, you you don't it's maybe it's ninety five degrees out. I don't know. It's hot. Um, and here that come these three men, at least give them a little water, right? Um, who knows where they're traveling to? Traveling was and could be a dangerous thing back then. Um, it's almost
1: like a pleading, the way he said that, um, if I had found faith in the next by your servant, let yeah. a little water um, be brought in, wash your feet. It's like... Mm-hmm.
0: And it is he's being very very hospitable
1: yeah.
0: you know um, and so why the washing of the feet because they were in the desert and their feet would be dirty it's yeah. a
1: sign of respect
0: too right it's a sign of respect as well Yeah, and, and so the, when, when people traveled they, they typically had sandals on right? and so their, their feet would get pick up the dust they would get dirty um, and so the dirtiest part of the body was always the feet Um, And that's when when Jesus washed his disciples' feet, right? That's what that was all about. That's what servants did during the day. They would wash feet as people would enter into homes, um, making sure that they were clean. Uh, And it was a sign of respect. Uh, But it was also, you know, the one who was doing it was definitely the, the lower, right? And so here we see Abraham wanting to wash these men's feet. And we, we see, again, once a foreshadow of Jesus um, through Abraham. Red and
1: water and washing feet. He's a servant. He, yeah.
0: he when, when you look at this passage and you think about the, the day or the night of the Lord's Supper, mm-hmm. uh, particularly in the Gospel of John, you, you, there's so many similarities here. You see Jesus washing feet, then you see them eating you know the bread and the wine. Um, and so this is what we see going on here is Abraham, he is being this super host. Um, I want to wash your feet, you know, take a rest under the tree, um, get in the shade, get out of the sun. Um, I'll bring a morsel of bread that you can refresh yourselves, and after that you can pass on. He
1: mentions twice these their servants. He uses yeah, servant yeah,
0: yeah, um, and it's it's interesting that he does because when Christ comes, what does he come as? A servant, a servant, right? And so it, we we do see a picture of Christ in Abraham here. He says he's going to bring them, them a morsel of bread, and then what does he do? He prepares a feast. He prepares a feast, right? And, and think about this. Think about what he's asking to do. He goes to Sarah. He says three seahs of fine flour, not, not, not just a regular flour. Get the get the good flour, right? Um, knead it and make cakes. How much is three Sias? It's it's seven quarts. How much bread is he making <laughs> for three men? You know, what what is this? How big are these men? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. He says he's going to get a, get a morsel for them. And and then you know, and Sarah's suddenly got to make all this bread. And then what else does he do? He gets a calf. So it, it's not just bread anymore. We're talking meat. And what kind of meat? Tender young meat. Good meat, right? You know, I'm not going to kill one of my old ones. I'll, I'll get the young one for you. Yeah, he's, he's getting the best for these three. And then, and then what else? He, he took curds and, and milk um, and the calf that he had prepared and set it before them. And so he, he's got this feast set out for them. Um, and then he, he stood by them under the tree while they ate. It's not even clear if he ate any of it. It doesn't doesn't seem like he joined them. It's like he's the waiter. Right? Why do you you think this is all going on? It's a prelude, isn't it? It is a prelude. Yeah, what were you going to say? I was just thinking about the disciples at the
1: Last Supper. They were Mm -hmm. intimately familiar with the Scripture, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And on a certain level... Jesus was evoking celebration, even though terrible
0: things were about to happen. Yeah. And giving them courage and hope. Yeah. In that eternal banquet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and and so we, we do see kind of this... Um, through the hospitality of Abraham we, we see a, a banquet, right? Yes. Isn't it? it is a foreshadowing. Um, and we see really in Abraham we, we see a foreshadow of Jesus who He is to his people. Um, He's the one who prepares a feast for us. Um, he, he came to uh, not to be served but to serve. And, and this is what we see Abraham doing here now. He, he is serving these three men. Um, whether he knows that this is the Lord or not the Lord, um, we're, we're not sure yet. Uh, but he definitely understands something significant is going on, more than just some travelers coming through. Because he's, for whatever reason, figured out in his mind I can't just get a morsel of bread and a, and a cup of water for these guys. I need to prepare a feast. I think verse 3 is a key for sure. Mm-hmm. Because he senses that there's favor coming. Yeah. And
1: that he doesn't want them, it's almost like Jacob when he wrestled, don't leave me, with blessing me. Yeah. And so he's doing. His part to bless them, but also to detain them mm-hmm. in the process and to show His favor and longing for theirs to come to Him. Yeah. It's almost like He's got
0: this premonition-ish type thing. Yeah, he,
1: something waiting
0: He's understanding something significant is going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, we will talk more about this next week because we are way past time. Um but just continue to think about this over the next week and all the preparation that Abraham did, why this was going on, and we'll talk more about it next week. Let's, let's pray. Uh, Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for uh, the, the example that we see in Abraham of a servant, um, of someone who is hospitable uh, to those who are wandering. Um, and uh, Lord, how it foreshadows for us Your Son Jesus Christ and uh, the service that He has done for us to rescue us and to and to save us from our sins. And um, Lord, we are so grateful for that. Um, and be with us this morning as we continue to to worship You. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.